Good morning. It is great to see you, whether you're worshiping with us uh, here in the service or you're joining us online. We're so glad that you're a part of our service today. You know, we live in this uh, technology age, device age, and all, all technology, all devices, electronics uh, has a certain wiring. There's a, there's a way that it's intended to work and go together and connect uh, to itself and connect to other devices. If you don't get the wiring right, if you don't get all those connections right, then it just doesn't work right. Uh, and, and now we live in a time where everything's has a computer, right? The washing machine has a computer and the coffee maker has a computer. And so we got chips and motherboards and little tiny wires and little things going all these different directions. If any of that is messed up, then you don't get the product that you were uh, supposed to get, which, which makes it frustrating if you're an amateur like I am when it comes to installing things. Uh, you, you go through that process of, of turning the electricity off so you don't get electrocuted and you connect the fan or the light or or the components to the TV, right? The TV, the soundbar, the DVR, the streaming device, hook it all up to Alexa. And then that fateful moment when you turn it all back on and it doesn't work, right? That's a wonderful feeling. You just spend an hour and it's not working and then begins the process of trying to figure out which wire did I connect in the wrong place and uh, did I not plug in a cord or am I going to the aux out? It's supposed to go the aux in. It's just whole troubleshooting process because when you mix up the wiring, it just doesn't work. Uh, some of you <clears throat> may have noticed that a lot of uh, the technology these days the instructions have become more something like this. Scan this QR code and then get out of the way and let the internet handle it from here. Right? Have you ever bought anything like that? You take it out of the box and it's just a QR code, which offends me a little bit, right? It's like the internet is saying that I can't handle it, but we all know that I can't handle it. So it's nice. You just scan the QR code and the internet kind of sets the whole thing up for you. There is a wiring that makes things work, and, and getting the wiring right, right can be tedious, uh, it can be boring, it can be frustrating, it can be excruciating, but you got to get the wiring right. Um, humans come with some wiring. Right, some, some hard wiring as to who we are. Now, every human has a, a unique set of wiring in some ways. We all have a specific personality. We all have our own set of experiences. We have our own background, uh, things that we've uh, been through that have shaped and molded us. So there's a part of you that's very unique in your wiring to you. But then there are some factory settings. There's some factory settings that are consistent just by virtue of the fact that we're human. Every human has certain settings, has certain wiring. Uh, we're, we're created and made in the image of God. And because of that, th there are certain things that we share. There are some desires that all humans have. And, and, and those desires may express themselves slightly differently from person to person, but they're consistent. There's certain wants that we, that we all have. It's just part of our wiring. It's part of how we're made. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we get away from the way we are wired, and that causes life to get kind of wonky, right? Kind of out of balance and, and, and out of shape. In this series... 
I want to take us back to the way we're wired in a, just a couple of areas, three, three specific areas. They're hardwired into every single person and, and they express themselves differently, but it's a part of you and you can argue that it's not, but it is a part of who you are. It's a part of how God made you by virtue of the fact that you are a human. And so what I'm suggesting is maybe some of us need to restore the factory settings in these couple of areas. You ever push that button on a device? That button scares me. Like every time it comes, I never intentionally bring that button up because it, I know I'm going to lose my whole life if I accidentally touch restore factory settings. So I'm a little bit afraid of restore factory settings, but we know that sometimes we have just totally messed things up so badly that the only option is to wipe everything and start all over, right? Just restore factory settings. Let's go back to the way this originally came. And in a sense, that's what I'm asking us to do in this series. Can we just restore some factory settings as we get ready to head into the fall? Just remind ourselves of some wiring that's really, really important in your life, in my life, in all of our lives. And, and, and one of those areas, one of those factory settings for every single person is that we're wired to connect with other people. We're wired for relationship. We're, we're, we're wired to depend upon other people, to, to know other people, to get involved in other people's lives, to, to share life together. We are hardwired for relationships, okay? And, and, and when you look at the world, this is why we organize ourselves into systems of relationships. Everywhere you look, there are systems of relationships. Where you work, it's one big system of people because we know we need each other. We can't get our best work done without each other. We are better when we are working together. And, and, and so, for example, we organize school systems, right, with hundreds and thousands of people to make school systems work because we figured out this is, this is the best way to organize education. We have governments that are organized, federal, state, local, because we know in order to get things done, we've got to have a system. We've got to have an organization of people we have HOAs, we have clubs, we have civic, civic organizations, we have moms groups, we have golf groups. We have, we have all of these ways of, of bringing people together and organizing people. Now, all those groups aren't perfect. They have flaws, they have faults. Things don't always go right in those groups. But we consistently organize ourselves according to relationships because our hardwiring tells us we need each other. We need each other. We, we have to be in relationship. Now, we didn't come up with this. This wasn't our idea. It wasn't your idea or my idea. This was God's idea that you and I would learn to depend on each other, that life would be better as we shared it with one another. Um, one of the first warning signs that you and I have that something's wrong in another person's life is when they disconnect from relationships, right? Think about that. When somebody who's been present, who's been consistent, suddenly disappears, you may be right or you may be wrong, but probably you wonder if everything is okay with them. 
You've been in a conversation or you've thought to yourself, you know, we used to see Steve all the time and I haven't seen Steve in months. I wonder if everything's okay. Like you've had that conversation probably. If you haven't had the conversation, you've thought it about somebody. We, we used to see Beth all the time. She used to always come to our thing. She used to always come to our groups. She used to always come to our, our club, our, our, our organization. She used to always be there. And I haven't seen her in a couple of months. Does anybody know if everything's okay? We instinctively wonder how someone is doing if they disappear from a group that they've shown up in time and time again. And conversely, we just assume everything's okay if they keep showing up. Now that, again, may or may not be true. But we assume things must be okay. You've never said, uh, Steve, you're here every, every single week. Is everything okay with you? Like you never thought that about anybody that you see all the time. Beth, I see you at lunch all the time. You're always laughing with a group of people. Do you need some counseling for that? You need to see somebody? No, we assume, maybe right, maybe wrong, but we assume if a person is connected and we're seeing them, things must be generally okay. And when somebody disappears, disconnects, we begin to wonder, everything okay? Everything, why do we do that? Because we know factory settings, hardwiring of our life is we're wired to connect to one another. We're wired to be in relationship. And yes, there's the introvert, extrovert spectrum. And some of us like a lot of relationships and some of us like a few relationships. But all of us are created, hardwired with the need to connect, with the need for relationship. And we make judgments about how somebody's doing to the degree that they are connected with other people. It's just part of our wiring, right? We can go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible and see this. We can see that this is a part of who God is, and so when he created us, then it must be a part of who we are. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. God introduces himself very early in the creation story as us and they. Let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image image, a plurality, a relationship. It's what we've called the Trinity. The Bible doesn't use that word, but the Bible presents this concept of one God existing in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and nobody completely understands what that is, right? It's just a, it's a complex spiritual issue that there is one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not a third of each. He's not one-third God and one-third Son and one-third Holy Spirit. Uh, he doesn't switch hats. It's like, okay, I'm the Father now, and I'm the Son now, and I'm the Holy Spirit. He's not constantly switching modes on us, changing his avatar. And like, now I'm this person, now I'm that person. Somehow God exists in a plurality of relationships as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each distinct persons and personalities, and yet one God, and nobody's ever figured that out, and nobody ever will figure that out, because it's just a total otherworldly concept, right? It, it's, it's part of worshiping a God who is way bigger and smarter than you, right? There's just some things about him you're not going to figure out, and anybody who says they figured it out, they're lying, 
they have not figured it out. God exists as three persons in perpetual relationship, perpetual connection. So when he creates us, he creates us with that same need of relationship, right? God exists in relationship in the Trinity. We see this from the very beginning of the Bible. God exists in relationship in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The other thing this teaches us is that it's God's nature to exist in community. It's, it's who he is. It's his essence. It, it, it's not a secondary issue. It's not an add-on to all of the other characteristics of God. One of the primary ways we're shown God at the beginning of the Bible is in relationship. This is who he is. He's not going out searching for relationships. He is in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he creates us in his image with the same need, with the same desire for connection. Now, the difference between God and us is we aren't three people in one, right? We are one people in one, one person in one, right? We're one to one. God's three to one. Therefore, the way that we have that relational need met is through each other. The way that we experience deep meaning of this life, deep sharing of this life, community in this life is with each other. We need each other. Here's another example from the creation story. This is Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God creates the physical universe and then God puts one person, one man in the garden that he's created. This is chapter one. We get to chapter two. We're retold some of that story. And then God says, it's not good to be alone. Loneliness is not a good thing. And if you're not careful, you can read the story as if God figures this out in chapter two. Right? He sort of has an agenda in chapter one and then he realizes, oh, we we have a factory error here. We, we, we made a mistake. We didn't realize we we're going to have to make more than one of these. So let's crank up the production line. We're going to have to make more of these because one by himself is not good enough. No, God was determined to bring about community from the very beginning. He exists in relationship. He was determined to put us in relationships from the very beginning. Back in chapter 1, what we just read a few minutes ago, he, wrote, let us, he said, Let us make mankind in our image so they can rule over creation. Now, this was before there was a they. It was just Adam at, at this point that, that God was making, but God was already planning for a they. They was the plan all along. Alone was not the plan. They was the plan. People, that was the plan. Right? God gives us this story so that Adam would figure this out for himself. And so we would come along thousands of years later and we would read this story and figure it out for ourselves. You ever let people figure things out for themselves? You ever let your kids figure things out for themselves? Right? Ever, ever let your friend figure something out for themselves? That's what God's doing. I want you to figure this out for yourself. Adam. I want you to figure out that it's not good to be alone. You're supposed to be in relationship. And then God wanted us to come along and read the story and figure out we were created. Our, our wiring is to be in relationship 
with other people. That's God's intent. They is God's intent. We even read that God gives Adam a job so he has meaningful work. He gives him a great place to live. He gives him great food to eat. And still, he's not fulfilled. Still, he's not fulfilled. Everything else was perfect for Adam except relationship. And God said, this isn't good. God didn't ask Adam to name all of the animals. Maybe you remember that part of the story. It wasn't because God couldn't come up with good names. It was so that Adam, again, would experience loneliness. He would see, none of these are like me. I, I, I can't go through life in a relationship with any of these. N none of these are a match for me. I am alone. And then God met the need that Adam had through another person. You and I are hardwired, we're created, factory settings to connect in relationship with other people. Now, there's all kinds of research and studies about the importance of attachment, right? Especially early in life, children attaching to parents and ramifications of not attaching to another person, uh, uh, struggle with empathy, struggle with depression, inability to trust, social disorders, all come from not having the attachment early in life. That's it's part of our wiring. It's part of who God made us. And, 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 and then you read through the Bible and you find God again and again organizing his people into relationships. It starts with Abraham, one family, and then one family becomes an organization of tribes. And those tribes become a nation of people. And God does his work through this group of people, these relationships of people. We, we get to the New Testament, Jesus comes along, and Jesus hangs out with 12 disciples, and he spends even more time with Peter, James, and John, has a closer relationship with them, spends a ton of time with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. We see Jesus constantly connecting in relationships, because that's our hard wiring. That's the factory setting, to connect. Then Jesus, before he dies, he launches the church. Local groups of people connecting with one another all over the world eventually. Most of the rest of the New Testament is written to local groups of churches, groups of people who have joined together in a local church or to leaders of those groups of people. The Bible just keeps reinforcing over and over and over again, you are hardwired to connect to people. This is God's intent. Same is true today. Same is true today. You, you and I are wired for connection. And specifically, we're wired for connection among God's people. We're, we're, we're wired to connect with other believers, other followers of Jesus, other people who view life and are approaching life the way we are. We're wired to connect. The writer of the book of Hebrews is a book in the New Testament He's writing to a group of people who some of them have started falling away from the faith. Okay, they've, they've gone back to old ways and old lifestyles. They were in, they were, uh, they were there, they were, they were showing up. And then like we talked about, they just kind of faded away. They, they, they disconnected and uh, many of them were completely leaving the faith. We, today in 2021, we call it deconstructing. Maybe you've heard that phrase. Maybe you've read some articles about 
famous pastors or famous worship leaders who deconstructed their faith and they're no longer Christians anymore. And what I would say with you is deconstruction is not new. 2,000 years ago, the writer of Hebrews is trying to deal with people deconstructing their faith and, and walking away from the things of God. And his encouragement throughout the book of Hebrews is stay faithful, stay faithful, stay, fa- stay committed, stay committed, Stay committed. And and here's one of the ways that he encourages them to do that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How How do we keep people moving in the right directions? How do we encourage one another? How do we challenge one another to be the people that we're supposed to be, to be the men and the women or the families or the the husbands and the wives, the parents, how do we encourage one another to be who God has called us to be? And then his next phrase, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. For the writer of Hebrews, who is in the midst of people disappearing from church, in the midst of people walking away from their faith, says, don't stop coming together and worshiping together. Like this is one of the keys to holding on to your faith. This is one of the keys to staying committed is encouraging each other relationally, connecting with one another relationally, consistently showing up Sunday after Sunday, week after week, group time after group time. Don't stop doing that. Physically get together. Now, we're a few weeks away from school starting. I know most of you don't want to hear that. Some of the parents do want to hear that. We're just a few weeks away from school starting and and the routine kind of locking back in, right? You're already starting to think about it a little bit. Like, how's the routine going to work and how's our week going to work and what's going to be our busy days and what evening activities are we going to have? But the calendar is going to kind of lock in in a few weeks, And you're going to have to prioritize some things and and you're going to have to decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And and so I just want to say to you, July 18th, before we get there, before that routine is solidified and and put in concrete, can, can we just decide connection is so important that we're going to worship together come fall. We're going to show up. That is going to make it back into our routine if it has fallen out of our routine. That is going to make it back on the priority list because we need each other. We need to connect with one another. And look, I am grateful. I'm grateful for online. It has saved churches all around the world uh, the last year and a half, and I'm grateful for the online ministry that we have. And if you can't be here, uh, if, if you're sick, if you're on vacation, please join us online. If there are some reasons why you can't physically be here, please join us online. But I just want to take this opportunity to say online is not the same as in person. And, and we know that. Like Instinctively, we know that. We know that this feels different than watching it on a computer screen. We just know that it does. Again, that ministry is going to continue to be there, and and, and we want God to use it. All I'm saying is, as you're looking to the fall, as you're kind of reorganizing your schedule, this is important. There's things that happen 
here that we just can't duplicate online. We, we can't make it feel online the way it feels here. We're, we're, we're going to do the best we can. But this feels different, right? I mean, I mean, it's different sitting next to a real live human, right, who's not in pajamas, right? right? It, like, to, like to be with a group of people who, who all got here. Singing is different here. Right? Worship is different here. Let, let's state the obvious. Almost no one sings along on online worship, right? Like You're not belting it out from your couch. Let's just be honest. You, you're not belting it out in the kitchen. You just, you, you, you're not. Right? But, but there is an entering into worship that takes place here. When you, when you show up week after week, when you decide, you know what, this is important. This matters. Our church isn't perfect. No church is perfect. People aren't perfect. All, all of those caveats. This matters. Your factory setting is to connect with other people, to be encouraged spiritually by other people, seeing other people. We have a great chat feature on our online worship, and so people say hi, and I always enjoy kind of scrolling after the service, seeing who, sh- who said hi, and, and who showed up, and who commented on something, and, and, and who liked a certain song, and I, I always love seeing that, but that's not the same as seeing you and talking to you here. Like I, I've hugged some of your necks already. Uh, this morning. And if I haven't, I'm coming for you after the service, all right? So I'm going to hunt you down, right? I've been able to shake hands with people. I've been able to high five people, give some fist bumps to some people because I'm I'm here, right? When we're together, we, we can celebrate each other in ways that we just can't celebrate each other online. We, we can minister to each other here in ways we just can't do effectively online. Today, I have celebrated with several people who are fresh back from vacation. I've heard their vacation stories and how excited they are and how rested they look and how tan they are and how great their vacation was. It was awesome just hearing how much fun they had uh, with their family or their friends or whoever they were traveling with. I have loved that. And at the same time, I stood in the hallway for the first service and I grieved with somebody who got just devastating news yesterday for, in their family. Just devastating news. And I, I see some of you who are fighting battles and, and you and I have prayed together and, and we've talked together and I know your story and I look at you and I'm encouraged by you today. And we can't duplicate that digitally. We just, we just can't. There's a lot of things we can do digitally. We can't duplicate human connection digitally in the way that we can have it right here. So I'm just saying, in light of the fact that your factory setting is to connect with other people, it's time to reprioritize this. It's time to reprioritize being with God's people consistently. It's time to get back to worshiping together and doing ministry together. Um. By the way, I had planned to preach this message months ago. I'd set this series up, and today we've got like one of our largest attendances in like months and months. So thank you, thank you for coming. Um, we need this. Our heart needs this. Our soul needs this. 
And, and, and I know for some there are health concerns. I completely understand that. Look, we have never, this whole year and a half, we have never tried to uh, make people feel guilty for their own health concerns. If that's you, I get it. I understand. Join us online. I understand. We have never tried to manipulate people. We've never tried to make people feel guilty for looking out for their own health concerns. You do what you need to do for you. I'm just saying for most of us, it's time to be back. It's it's time to be back. And I mean back. We have some people who haven't come back at all. And then we have some people who have come back a little bit. But they're not back like they were prior to COVID. Right? Coming back doesn't mean you are back, right? Some of us have been back, but we, we aren't really back. This is the time to get back. This is to, to connect, to say, no, this is the priority. This is the factory setting for my life. This is going to be the factory setting for our family. We worship together. We're consistent. We are wired to connect. Um, I know that people who haven't come back, there are reasons, and um, it's not my place to judge everybody's reasons, but I do think you should judge your reasons. I'm not going to judge your reasons. They're your reasons. But I do think, as we head into the fall, I do think we should all evaluate the reasons that we aren't back like we were back. Right? We should all consider how valid those are, really, because this is just my general observation. Okay? You can not like me or, or whatever. This is my general observation. My general observation is that the people that I know are back to doing everything they were doing prior to COVID except church. I mean, that, that's what I see a lot. Ball games. Crowded events, crowded restaurants. They're back to doing everything they were doing prior to COVID. But for some reason, this hasn't become their priority. And, and the reality is, if you're doing everything except this, then you know health reasons aren't really the reasons. It's not really the reasons. I, I, I love you, and I love what God is doing in our church and I want us to connect. I want us to be back. There was a period in the pandemic, and I don't want to go too far down this road, but there was a period in the pandemic where there were a couple of places around the country. It didn't happen in our state, uh, really, but there were a couple of places around the country where local restrictions seemed to be one thing for the church and something different for the general public. Like the, the, there were just a couple of places where local governments and, and everybody was trying to figure out what's the right rules, what's the right restrictions. But there were a couple of places where churches were far more restricted than just general gatherings, right? And a lot of us looked at that and, and that concerned us, like that bothered us. We, we thought, well, that's not right. But then I also look at a lot of people who used to go to church and I think, well, I mean, you kind of do everything in your life except church. So you, you kind of have one rule for church and a different rule for everything else. That's so, why I mean, some of us are doing that 
Even maybe when we don't realize it. This is what God wants for you. This is the connection God wants for you. This is how God accomplishes the work of the kingdom in the world. Is this. And I am so glad that you're here. I am so glad that you're in a seat. That you're worshiping today. Because not only is this good for you. But your presence, your, your commitment, your consistency is good for other people. Right? You are an encouragement. That's what the writer of Hebrews was saying. When you show up, it encourages other people that showed up. When you're here to say hi to somebody, when you welcome somebody, when you hug somebody's neck, that does something for that other person. I, I, I know that we are in a world, we live in a time where we process all of our our decisions through what does this do for me? How does this help me? But a, but a part of connecting, especially being consistent in, in worship, a part of that is the encouragement somebody else is going to get because they saw you, because you spoke to them, because you hugged their neck, because you prayed with them, because you asked them how their struggles were going. Right? You are going to be an encouragement to somebody else just by being present it's by being present. And I, and, and, I, and I know that it can be, I know that it can be frustrating because we've heard this. We know, I know it can be frustrating to show up and the people that you used to sit with or be with aren't here. I, I get a side of that. I mean, I understand you show up and the person that you always sat with isn't here. But what I would say to you is, is number one, somebody has to go first. Right. Somebody in your friend group that used to always hang together at church, somebody's got to be here when the rest of them start showing up. And somebody's got to stay. Somebody's got to keep coming so that they'll know you're coming and they'll want to come. And the other thing I would say, and not trying to tick you off any more than I've already ticked you off, is it that hard to meet somebody new? I mean, is it that hard? Like the, maybe one step away from your best, best, best friend, like sit with that person. Is that that hard? Just to, just to meet a, have a new relationship? I mean, if we believe, and you have to decide whether you believe it or not, but, but, if, but if we believe our, our factory setting is to connect with one another, especially in worship, especially as a part of the local church, then yeah, we have to step over some hurdles sometimes. We have to go a little bit extra sometimes, not because of just what I'm going to get, but how am I going to encourage somebody else? Another way you encourage people by being here is it just feels better when more people are here. I realize that's not a spiritual thing to say. Okay, It's not like a religious thing. It's a human thing. It's a human thing when you walk in the back door and you sit down and worship starts and there are other warm bodies around you. It just feels better. Some of you were with us a, a little over a year ago when we first started back after the pandemic. Anybody remember those days? Like we started in mid-June, I think. June and July. So, some of you were here and there were some Sundays. Am I right, Stephen? I'm thinking of one that you're thinking of. There were some Sundays, it was like a ghost town. Like you're having to look around to see if anybody else is in the room. How did that feel? 
not so great, right? And, and it was necessary as a part of the growing pains. It was, all right, we got to get started again. We, we, we got to have services again. I'm glad we did because now, now this is happening. I'm glad we got it started. But those early days, there were some hard times. And, and everything up here was the same, right? The band was the same. The band was just as good as they always are, right? The singers were just as good. The musicians were just good. They were great. You know, the preaching is what it was. It was just, pre, you know, it was the preaching. Preaching was the same. Back then it was the same. Today it's the same. Right? It, all, everything up here was the same. But it just felt weird out there, didn't it? Compared to, were any of you here July 4th? We had one service, those of you who didn't know, we had one service on July 4th because we thought everybody was going to be on vacation. And then you didn't go on vacation. So we, we had packed wall-to-wall people and we had to bring in chairs and it felt different didn't it those of you who were here it just felt different that's a way that you encourage other people you come you say i'm here i'm i'm this is where god wants me this is my factory setting is to come and worship god week after week i'm here that encourages people who who come in I, i've met several first-time guests already today uh, we've had tons of first-time guests over the last few months. You know, some of our people haven't been back. A lot of new people have started coming. Some have joined uh, in the, during the pandemic. And, and, and I get the opportunity to speak to them. W- when they come in for the first time, the, the, the vibe of the room says something to them. Your, your presence matters, not just to you. It matters to other people. It, it matters to what other people feel and sense in the service, right? And, and I just want to encourage you as you're getting ready for the fall, as you're getting ready for schedules coming back together, this is what God wants for you. God wants this connection for you. God wants this to be a priority for you. Our church isn't perfect. We don't make the best decisions every single time. We make mistakes just like every other church. You can go to another church. They're not going to be perfect either. You know. But land somewhere. Land somewhere. The, the, one of the things the pandemic has stolen from us is our connection to each other. Our connection to each other. And we have to take it back. We as the church, we have to take that connection back by showing up, by being here, by being faithful, by singing, by opening our hearts, by worshiping, right? We offer that on Sunday mornings. There was a brochure like this in your seat or or near your seat. We're going to kind of look through this throughout this whole series, several things uh, we're going to talk about. But uh, another way that we encourage you to connect is in our community groups, in our small groups. There's a list of them. If you open the, the booklet, there's a list of community groups. There's two more groups on the back. So don't just start with the first column, flip it over. There's more groups on the back. They meet at various times. Uh, they meet midweek. They, they meet Saturdays. They meet Sunday evenings. We have a group that's going to meet during this service uh, on Sunday morning, so you can come to the 9.30 service, and then you can go to 11, 11 o'clock small group. Just do it all on Sunday morning if that's what you prefer. A way to connect with other people. It's part of your factory settings. You're hardwired for connection. 
That takes stepping out of your comfort zone sometimes. That, that takes a commitment. Right? Community groups don't work if you just sign up. You actually have to go. Okay? They, they don't work if you just put your name down. You actually have to show up to groups in order to build relationship. And look, I'm just like you. I'm looking at the fall. I'm thinking about my fall schedule. And, and there's already that one part of my brain that is saying, boy, it'd be nice to have your Saturday mornings back. It'd be nice not to give up Monday nights. It'd be nice not to give up this night. It'd be nice not to give up that afternoon. I have that same struggle and tension in me. But here's what I find every single time. When I commit, when I show up, when I'm there week after week, I am always glad that I am. Always. I'm always glad. Like There's some Friday nights I go to bed thinking, oh, I don't want to get up early for men's group on Saturday. And then I show up for men's group on Sunday, Saturday and those men minister to my heart and I see God at work in them and I hear spiritual insights from them. We talk about our families. We pray for one another. And I leave thinking, I almost missed this. I almost gave this up. Get connected. Get plugged in. It's part of how you're wired. You need it. Some of us need to restore our factory settings. We need to restore our factory settings when it comes to the things of God. We need to say, you know what? Who we have been is not who we are. Pandemic got us off in various ways, that is not who we are. This is who we're going to be. We just, we just need to restore it. Restore it. Because as you can see, if you kind of flip through the brochure, we believe God's getting ready to work. And, and we're jumping on board. Right, we're, we're, we're launching groups again. We're launching all of our volunteer ministries. We're connecting in new ways with our nonprofit mission partners. You're going to hear about that in the next couple of weeks. Here's how you can serve. Here's how you can plug in. We're doing uh, empty stocking fund again this November and December. We're getting back in the schools this school year. We're showing up for teachers. We're going to try to get the mentoring program started again. We are moving forward. Right? We're, we are moving out of crisis mode and back into missional mode, right? We've been in crisis mode. Everybody's been in crisis mode. Every church has been in crisis mode. Right, we've been trying to manage it. We're done. We're done with crisis mode. We believe this is what God has called us to do. And we are moving forward. I don't know how many people are going to move forward with us, right? The ship will be lighter than it was a year and a half ago. It just will. Almost every church is experiencing that. But, but here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to spend any more time, once we get to the fall, we're not going to spend any more time thinking, well, we used to have this many people, and now we only have this many people. Right? We're done with that. We're going to say, God has given us this group of people, and we're going to advance the kingdom of God here. We are moving forward. Right? Whatever you liked or didn't like about the last year and a half here at Journey, whatever you liked or didn't like about decisions that we made or the way that we did things, there is nothing we can do about any of that. We can't change any of that. But we're moving forward. Right? 
We're, we're stepping forward into the ministry and mission and kingdom work that God has called us to. I'm going to share some of that over the next two weeks. And I'm excited about what is about to happen. And I think you need to be a part of it. I think you need to be a part of it. Not just occasionally, not just on the periphery. I think you need to be in the middle of it. You need to be a part of what God is going to do here. Let's pray. God, you are good to us. You love us, and, and sometimes loving us is challenging us. And so many times we think that we're fine on our own, we'll figure it out on our own, we're strong enough on our own, we can get our own spiritual growth on our own. It's just that's not how we're made. Our factory setting is not to go alone. Our factory setting is to go together. Arm in arm, side by side, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, advancing the kingdom of God. Lots gone on the past year and a half. We can't change any of that. Can't change any of that. But we can set our eyes on what you're going to do in our future. And we can move together. We can worship together. And we can sit in community groups together. And we can serve together. And we can do mission trips together. God, we can link arms and move forward together. It is time for us to put the past behind us and see what you want to do in our future. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.